0: Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you're listening and or watching 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, mining, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast.
1: If they're watching, they're also listening, Steve. that's I, I thought about that. You thought about that? I thought about it,
0: but I was like, ah, what if they're watching on mute? But that doesn't really make any sense. More likely, they just
1: have it playing on YouTube, but minimized. So we no have, matter what, they're listening. i have done it in the past where you can turn on the closed captions for the YouTube. So they could watch oh. it and not listen. They could just read. And but the closed not... captions are super loose and not terribly accurate.
0: I was watching something on YouTube the other day and the captions were on. And the entire time, are those just automatically generated? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I was like, what is this? The words were just... Sometimes they're so bizarre that it's ridiculous. And sometimes you're like, this was automatic. It's really close. Oh. It's really
0: close. I could definitely see how like it made... like it made sense phonetically. Mm -hmm. Um, And it probably helped that whatever video I was watching was one of those, um, it was like Mashable or Looper or something like one of those top 10 uh, list videos where the person's like, number three, everybody loves the 1999 film, The Matrix starring Keanu Reeves and Morpheus. And Morf-
1: Keanu Reeves and
0: Morpheus, my two, <laughs> two favorite actors. And, sorry, Keanu Reeves and Larry Fishburne. And Larry, I, Larry Fishburne. Do you not know? You know about that, right? No, I don't. Is that his so, real name? So Lawrence Fishburne, when he first like was coming up, he was credited in a bunch of movies as Larry Fishburne. Like I think he's credited in – crazy. Um, it was like one of his first movies. I think it was – Wasn't
1: he on Pee-wee's Playhouse?
0: He was. Was he Larry Fishburne? I think he might have been Larry Fishburne then. He was definitely a Larry Fishburne in like whatever movie he did. I want to say if it wasn't a Spike Lee film, it was a Spike Lee style film. Uh Well, Larry could be short for Lawrence. I want to say it was like boy. Maybe was he in Boys in the Hood? I can't remember. But it was that like that. We're so off
1: topic. This is ridiculous. (laughs) Hey Steve, what's new in your guitar life? Um, like guitar stuff that we I, talk about. I a, Steve, I bought a pedal
0: today. What my, pedal did you buy? My Strymon Zuma has not arrived yet, but I bought a pedal today. I bought a 1981 Inventions Oh Drive DRV. Cool. Uh, run. It's. I think it's I, t- I, technically
1: I mean, run number three, but it's in the run number two enclosure. Every time I see those uh, on Instagram or wherever. I'm like that's my birth year. Should probably have one someday just because it's my birth year. It's so the one I have it, or the
0: one I'm getting um Matt sent out I'm on the email list. I got on the email list specifically, you know, to so I would know when the next batch was released. Sure. So they did a release of 81 pedals. He said of that he said that was a thing that he wanted to do was to drop 81 at once. And, uh, so literally as soon as and it now went he's up, done it. as soon as it went up, I was like, gotta buy. And it's, um, in the number two run casing, which is the, which is the Chrome case. Ooh, nice. Or chrome I know, is always great. I don't know if it's Chrome or if it's like, it's like polished mm. steel or whatever, but it's, it's the silver one, the sure. reflective one versus I think the original
1: one was Now like this gray. is like, kind of like a ratty sort of thing, right? Yeah. So, um,
0: it's originally like kind of started Trying to remember He tells a full story On the tone mob You know what It's a ratty go style listen. thing Go listen to the tone mob Yeah go listen to the Matthew Hoops interview On uh, the tone mob it, he'll, He explains it way better Than I can So Oh Yeah So that's uh, That's one thing I did today Do you have another thing The other to thing you? is uh, Yesterday I pulled my I'm waiting for it I
1: pulled my strat out Oh th- Did you have to go to the hospital After that That sounds serious Oh my god <laughs> I remember one time I pulled my strat out and I was laid up for a week. (laughs) It's not even funny. I know nothing I say is funny. Uh, You know that. So I I pulled it out actually
0: a a couple weeks ago, um, and I was like, "Oh, the string." Did
1: did anyone call the cops? Uh,
0: the The strings felt really like weird, like really, uh, like floppy. I guess I don't. I don't know what other word to use.
1: Steve pulled it out and it felt floppy.
0: Well, we're not going to get our 80 cents of monetization for this video. What
1: are this, we doing? this episode is off to a ripping start. This is going to be like oh the best episode of the year, Steve. So, anyway, um, we're going we're gonna to win a hummy. Is that a what? That's an award we give ourselves for our best episodes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so, 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 anyway, I wish that was real. Um, I pulled it out and. <laughs> And uh, the strings just felt weird, and I was like, "Oh, you know what? Like, I don't have enough time between um, now and when I need to play it to like change the strings and get them properly stretched down and whatever." Sure. So I just left them on, um, and so I did it this week. And the thing that so my my thought was that the strings that I had on them were nines. Oh. And they what did, did you have
1: on there, Steve?
0: I don't know oh, because okay. I put the new strings on that I know were tens. Unless they were just improperly labeled, but they felt all right. And they still, f- on the guitar, they still feel thin.
1: Tens feel thin.
0: Yeah. Like, they don't feel any different than the strings that were on there before. Well, don't work your way up the scale. I say jump directly into 13s. Into 13s.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, this is on your Japanese strat?
0: Yeah. Well, so the the two things I'm, and I'm comparing it to my Telecaster, like, which I know has Dan Electro tens on it. Uh, the strings I throw on my Strat were um, um, String Dog 10s. String Dog is the string that... Uh, sorry, string Dog, Rocket, Rocket Dog, something like that. I think it's String Dog. It's what Cower puts on all of his guitars. Oh, okay. So they're the strings I want at Cower Fest. Oh, okay. I'd never um, heard of them.
1: Sorry, String Rocket Dog.
0: <laughs> I think it's String Dog. Uh, anyway, um, I put those on there. And I don't know if they're like a lower tension string or what, but uh, they just feel—they feel very light. I played them. I mean, I got used to them. And and the other thing is that, like, I wonder if that guitar is just so weird, or maybe it's the difference between like. My first thought is it was maybe it's just a difference between like a strat and a tele and having like a trem bridge versus a hardtail. But then I just picked up your strat back here. I don't know what you have on there. Probably tens or elevens. So if
1: they're if they are tense, they definitely feel completely different. And it shouldn't matter on my guitar because I, I set up the trim to rest on the body. So it shouldn't be – But
0: that's the same with mine. Right. Like I have – basically if I put a trim bar on it, I have to put like the full weight of like my shoulder into it to that's get – too tight. Mm, debatable. Uh, no, debatable. I, 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 baited, gonna... I basically set my Strat up to not – to be like – Effectively blocked, hard but just yeah. with I did it with the springs and not a wood block. Sure, sure. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't really know, um, but I played it and it was great, and I got lots of compliments yeah, for that's how, good, how good the guitar looked. But that Strat not, is fantastic. Not really very many compliments on my playing.
1: So. Oh,
0: it was, was at, weird. We had a this was at church. Had, yeah, we had like a sub drummer, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know if it was. Excuse me if it was him or me, but like every time we would have like a dynamic build, I would just like lose myself. Like I couldn't hear myself anymore. You get lost in it. And uh, so that's not good. I tried to like isolate, but no matter how I like change the mix, like I would always just disappear, just disappear whenever we would like get loud.
1: Maybe that'll change when once you get that 1981 in the mix. Maybe. It'll fix all your problems. We'll see. Um, New stuff fixes Fixes all your problems. That's all the what time. it is. If yeah. you're having a problem, just buy new stuff. Spend money till you're happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what we believe. Exactly. Look at all these guitars. Yeah, I'm happy. Look at me. Uh. <laughs> I'm so happy. So what? What's new with you, Ryan? <laughs> uh, what is new with me? I had something in my head and I forgot it already. Um, I bought this little guy a while back. It's a D250 overdrive. By Mosky, it's a single spaced uh, Dod two hundred and fifty style clone. It's purple. I think it was like twenty bucks on Amazon or something like that. I think I saw someone review it somewhere, Uh and I looked it up, and I was like, twenty bucks, and it's a two hundred and fifty. I gotta try it out. Okay, Uh, so I've messed. How is it? I've messed around with it a little bit. It sounds like a two hundred and fifty, but it's crazy because uh, from here. On the knob to here, basically nothing happens. Oh, weird! So from what is that, uh, like nine o'clock or ten o'clock? Yeah, all the way to about two or three o'clock on the knob in the morning or the evening. It's up to you. Nothing happens on the knob, and then all the action happens in the very <laughs> last two and a half hours of the knob. Um, also, it's only the gain control up top. If you you have to open it up, and there's a trim pot inside for the volume control. I really wish they had done just two mini knobs on the top. Yeah, it would have yeah. been so simple to do that. Where's the is the trim pot? It's located all,
0: probably on the bottom.
1: Yeah, you have to open up the bottom.
0: Oh, I was gonna say if it was located on the top, you could just like like float mount a knob.
1: Yeah, I don't. I'd have to easily. take it take it apart to see if I could do something like that. I mean, for twenty bucks, I can go pick up a different Dod two fifty for thirty five bucks. Right. I'm not gonna spend my time to make a modification to it to save this. But I will say that on that wide berth setting mm-hmm. where nothing happens, it has a pleasant, like preampy sort of sound where it makes you sparkle a little bit more. It has the DOD two fifty low gain sound kinda of going on. So when I do video this, I have a feeling I'm gonna end up being like, Yeah, I recommend this. Uh I've been thinking about this uh new scale like this rating scale for reviewing things okay on youtube and we can use it here on the show too um there's basically a two it's like a yes or no scale the first but the, the positive part of the scale is buy, uh-huh and then the negative side of the scale is bye-bye so it's either buy or bye-bye and i i think i'm gonna end up saying bye to this instead of bye-bye what do you think about that scale, Steve? <laughs> For the listeners at home who can't see your face.
0: I mean, the question I have is... Do you think that um, scale is a buy or a bye-bye? Um, I, my concern is is if we disagree, like if we can't come to consensus...
1: Well, I'm going to do it on the YouTube videos that you have nothing to right, do with. That's so true. So I can that's get true. away with it. I mean, I can
0: get away with it here on the show too. You can't stop me. I'm just concerned that if you get really excited, you're going to channel a little too much in sync and say "bye, bye, bye." Yes.
1: Hmm. Well, that could be the third rating. That's like a very, very good pedal. Like "bye" is good. "Bye, bye" is bad. "Bye, bye, bye" is is really good because it's all buys. I don't know, man. It, it... <laughs> Another new thing I have is um, we had church rehearsal on Tuesday this week, earlier in the week. Right. Um, and I took my board with the Solid Studio on it, and I didn't bring an amp. And that was a mistake this time. Mm-hmm. I'm on my journey with this thing. The Solid Studio didn't cause the problems, as far as I'm aware. My one spot, which is like the first one spot I ever bought, yeah, died on me. You can see there's areas on it where it's frayed around like the jack there. There's visible bunching. Oh, and fraying along yeah. the cable. Uh, so I've been running an external 9-volt adapter into the Solid Studio just because it doesn't seem to want to be on the uh, the same power brick as everything in the box. I don't actually know what the power requirements are for it. But it I thought it was on the website. It doesn't seem to like it. I haven't been able to find it. But anyways, it was plugged into this old one spot, which obviously died on me. I was like trying to figure out the situation, like plugging it in and rattling around the jack. And then I went and grabbed the wall wart side of it to see if it was seated correctly in the yeah. wall. And it was burning hot. So Yikes. Yeah. It's a fire hazard now. I need to just throw it away. I'm always so cheap with these things. Even though it's had visual fraying on it, I've kept it around just because I've been like, ah, it still works. But maybe I should have a rule that once something's frayed, it's time to get rid of it. So
0: would you say that you would rate that power supply supply a die or a die-die?
1: <laughs> which one of those is good and which one is bad? They're all bad. They're both bad. Uh, it's maybe a die-die-die. It's a die-die. So di- okay. Yeah, I need to throw it away because it's going to start a fire. <laughs> I'm lucky that I haven't blown up that solid studio yet, considering how many times I plug it in and it flashes and turns off. And it's like, nope, you did it wrong. <laughs> yeah, man. That's why. It's a good thing it does that. So I you- know, right? To protect itself from people like me. That's awful to it. How dare you? Should we jump into the first advertisement? Yeah, this first
0: ad was sent in by Joe Hansen. Uh, it says mm-hmm. from the strings and accessory plant in Elgin, a box full of single ply truss rod covers and 18 Les Paul Studio pit guards. As you can see, there's a pile of them. Sold as a lot. They've been in my garage too long and I'm not, I'm not needing them. Really? You don't
1: have 18 Les Paul Studios to replace pit guards on? And what looks like probably 500 truss rod covers. Yeah. Uh, so this guy's asking $75. You know who could really use these? Who? Epiphone. <laughs> <laughs> they make enough Les Pauls that they could use these. No one else needs the these
0: power. The maximum power requirement on the Solid Studio is 240 milliamps, so you could run it off of your uh, your box, right? I but use the you have to you'd have to run it off of the high output, the 500 milliamp power.
1: Well, I'll try that. I'll try rewiring. But you might already
0: be burning on some other like yeah. supply. Yeah.
1: Or some other draw pedal. I really just... I have a spot to plug in another wall wart under my board. I just need to do that. Yeah. Put it on some things. So anyway,
0: uh, 18 Les Paul Studio Pit Guards and a bunch of truss rod covers. Would you pay $75 for this? No,
1: Really? I mean, if I needed these parts... If I needed $90 worth of these parts. I would drive to go buy this box and that would only be like 20 truss covers and like three pick guards or something like that. I would not pay $75 for this massive amount of truss covers and pick guards just because that's a good price because I'm never going to use them all and I'm never going to be able to repurpose them into something. Um, you know what you could use these for? Why would you try to do either of those things? Someone could. Someone could use... Those trustworth covers for like costume, costume, design, like like spray paint them silver and make like a medieval breastplate out of them. You know, like the the layered like scaled armor. Okay, they could use them for that. Uh, but other than that, I don't see any use for this many of these things. I feel like at feeling, some point Steve. you
0: lost the, the spirit. Of this show.
1: I lost a flip
0: in my heart. At 18... At 18... 18 Les Paul Studio pick guards. Okay. You would have to sell these at like... $3... Like $4 a piece. To make money. How much do Les Paul pick guards go for? All parts... A single all parts replacement pick guard is $10. You can get them for like they're basically no matter what going to be sell for like nine or ten dollars. If you sell all eighteen of these at ten dollars, you're at hundred and eighty dollars. Then you got to do all the work. Do you throw it in a padded envelope and say bye bye? Yeah, you got to list it somewhere. You got to talk to people. You just run the same listing over and over. So again. you would do this? Yeah, you would work this flip. How much do you trust rod covers go for? Uh, that I don't know. That, but you know
1: what even if they're worthless
0: We're um, both
1: getting on to, to the problem eBay with, now. the problem with the
0: what the trust rod covers is they don't say anything on them they're just
1: blank right but some people might want that um so and I'm searching for all... LP trust rod cover uh, a blank one here for $4 plus 150 shipping so let's just let's just call it $4 times I mean, this is going to blow your mind if there's really 500 in there. I don't think there's really 500 in there. But how many do you think? I don't know. Maybe like 100. No, there's more than that. You think there's more than that? Let's let's split the difference and call it 300. Oops. Four times 300. Twelve hundred dollars worth of trust rod covers, yeah. but you say got a, say, you got to make that four dollars at a time. Say
0: I'm closer, and there's only a hundred. It's still four hundred dollars plus the hundred and eighty
1: dollars from all these pick You got to ship trust rod covers for the rest of your life to make that money. But really, once you what if they don't
0: even fit anything? Once you make your seventy five dollars back, everything else is gravy.
1: Your grandkids someday are gonna be like, Grandpa, why do you send out a single envelope every single day? I've just been trying to get rid of these trust rod covers my whole life. I just give them away now. I don't know, man. To anyone who will take them? I just think there's that's all. That's that's a long
0: flip. I mean, honestly, like I would probably sell the pick guards and then just get re- like recycle the trust rod covers. I wouldn't even keep them probably just get rid of them
1: melt them down
0: i would sell the trust rod covers as long as i had pick guards and as soon as all the pick guards were gone i would just throw all the trust rod covers in the recycling yeah this is the kind of stupid thing that i would definitely this try is to a flip. dumb thing to flip like now the it, effort it would be is harder too high. but like i know um
1: meg like yeah has like a ton of like didn't she find someone to take those off her hands jacks or something no they're knobs they're knobs whatever they were She made an order to to mammoth for like a certain component and instead they sent her a bag of like 800 oh yeah yeah that's what it was like boss style knobs right right and i think she did find but it's like that's
0: the kind of thing where i'd have been like if they don't want them back just sell them sell them all the
1: bag sell them all at once you have to here's, – here's the way to flip these. You don't sell them one at a time. You sell them 10 at a time. Okay, yeah. And then, then someone's don't... like – well, there, you get the person who's like, I could buy one for $4 or I could buy 10 for 14 Yeah. Oh, man. I, I don't want to lose money on this. Say and then a, they start doing the math and like I can sell the other nine and make my money back. So,
0: again, like going with the minimal, if we say there's – Pass we,
1: the flip onto some other sucker
0: flipper. If we say there's 100 – So 10 packs of 10 at $14, that's $140. So you're almost doubled up just selling 10 10 packs, 14 10 packs. You still got to do a
1: lot of flipping. This, Steve believes in this flip. You know who, you know, Paul Pennington, let us know if we're crazy. Anyone listening right now, let us know if Steve is crazy. I'm not crazy. You're the one who's crazy. All I wanted was a Pepsi. I'm glad you're on the same page with me. All right. Let's find this topic. It's kind of an ad topic hybrid. Yeah. Um, this is
0: um, one of the guys in the group. Kane Flores says, uh, decided to stop by Guitar Center to check out the sale. I don't know what's... Labor Day sale, I guess? Probably. These picks are the only thing I bought for myself. They feel and play pretty well. I also bought some of those egg maracas for my kids. you have one of any of those egg maracas for your kid? I've got... One around
1: here somewhere. I've got one. Yeah. Uh, I've got one of those big can ones. I think Henry likes that one better. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like the big can? Yeah, it's like a plastic can. It's like that wide. okay. It's one Um, of the smaller ones.
0: And a Mitchell Acoustic, but the Acoustic is staying in the box because I bought it as a favor for someone. I have a Mitchell Acoustic. Yeah, you do. Uh, These are Snark Picks. This is the medium-heavy... premium series, the Teddy's
1: Neo-Tortoise pick. So Snark is a company that's part of the Dan Electro family. Oh, they are? Yeah, they make the the Snark Tuner. I know they make the Snark Tuner. I didn't realize they were part of Dan Electro. Yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, I got a Snark that came with my Dan Electros around here somewhere. Gotcha. Um, and you can tell just by the branding that that's from the same place. Right. I think it's really interesting that they have this branding – With Teddy Roosevelt and the other variety has Sigmund Freud on the front. Like they're going full weird with it. But then also I'm kind of curious. I feel like I should buy a pack of these because the pit guard material looks really great. And if it's really celluloid and it has like that transparent quality to it, I'm super into it. I want to find out the source for their material and get pit guards made because some of this material looks fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think about some of the claims that they're making with these pics here? I've, I've got the, the site up. It says it's better in five ways tone enhancing substrate. Does that mean anything at all? Um, yeah, it just means it's plastic. Or celluloid, I guess. Right, but a lot of pictures. So are that's celluloid. the thing that I'm actually cutting. Kind of it's kind of. of like how Dan Electro has their own nine volt batteries and claims that they're you know, like tone batteries or something. Right. Like, that. like what is Neo Tortoise?
0: Is that a, I have? Is that a different material? Than I don't just, know. Than just tortoiseshell celluloid.
1: I don't know. I I feel like I got to buy both of these to review them. Like, I want to know what the difference is between the Neo Tortoise and the celluloid. Uh, number two, laser cut for precision, size, and shape. That's just some saying. We manufacture these and we use lasers to do it. Somewhere I've got a a pick punch. Is that more or less precise than a laser? Less precise. Unless the laser breaks. The pick punch probably wouldn't break in such a dramatic way as the laser. Um, Number three, edges polished for 30-plus hours, so pick edges do not drag on string and corrupt tone. What... I really want to see these get polished for 30 hours. What does that mean? Does it mean? Uh, my first thought in my head was like they have one pick in a machine and it's like polishing that one pick for 30 hours. They can't possibly mean that. They have what they have is they have a giant barrel full of a polishing material like a dust or like polishing rocks, and they throw a thousand picks in there at the time. And oh, that-
0: you think that's how they're polished?
1: Like like a, some kind for of like a 30 rock,
0: hours? Like a
1: rock tumbler? If they're being honest about 30 hours, then yeah, they've got to be a well, lot of it, picks going at the same time. Does
0: it mean... I mean, yeah, I guess. I was thinking like maybe 30 hours, but it's only like one polish per
1: minute. It's like just... Can you imagine spending 30 hours on a pick? It's not like it's like hand polished. But even if you have to load an individual pick into some machine that's going to polish it. You know, they're putting it into big tumbler. With like a polishing dust. And there's a million picks in there.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean,
1: they're really like digging for some unique selling propositions here. That's an advertising term, by the way, by the way guys. Selling proposition? Up. Unique selling proposition. Um, number four, non-slip coating to improve grip. I have a feeling that comes from the polishing process, <laughs> whatever that is. Maybe they did coat it with something. But why would they coat it with something if they polished it for so long? Yeah. I really gotta get my. I think no I slip. I to get my fingers on these picks. I think no
0: slip grip just means that they um, embossed the uh, the name. The logo is printed on there. The logo is printed on there. No, because seriously, like mm-hmm. like Dunlop Dunlop picks have a no slip grip. Yeah. All that means is that the Dunlop uh, the Dunlop logo is like
1: slightly punched into the. I haven't had slippery pick problems in a while. Dude, I play gravity. So damn, dude. Uh, number five. This is the uh, the last point here on these picks. Free pick file included in every pack. Customized point and edge of your pick. I have never seen this offered with picks or like like presented as a concept that anyone should do or c- could do. I guess. I mean, you can. I've made modifications to picks over the years where I'm messing around. I'm like, right. oh I'll Try to reshape this thing, or I'll drill a hole in the middle for grip. Or whatever, yeah.
0: I it's you've never like had. Well, I mean, I guess the it seems like they're just
1: selling picks.
0: I guess the idea is like if you had like because these are all Fender, um, or not Fender. Um, I forget what the number is, but it's like the standard Dunlop Fender whatever size pick.
1: We're gonna buy
0: these. Um, Guitar Center. How much are they? Huh? I want to find out. They're like four bucks on on musiciansfriend.com. Just call Robert, man. (laughs) <laughs> um so anyway uh one of the things on here that kind of throws me off is it says medium heavy 0.994
1: millimeter plays like 0.88 so you don't want wait you don't want a pick to play like a different size you want it to, to play like the exact size that you bought right it's not it's like, like oh it's a heavier feel but it plays
0: lighter does that mean it's less flexible it's not like because i does it just f- mean the polishing like my thought was oh maybe the polishing means it's faster but then like i think again like the fastest picks i've used are polished acrylic or like a or like a polished actually the fastest picks i've probably
1: played are the satellite amplifiers uh promo picks i still have that giant pile of picks that i need to do a video Oh with. yeah yeah 499 here how many picks are in a pack 12 picks i guess that's an all right price i don't know
0: yeah it's like a pretty standard, if not cheap price. I just these. want to
1: get them just because the materials look really cool. Are there 12 different varieties? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. You got to buy multiple boxes to get them all. Oh, really? There's
0: Because there's a bunch of... Did I count right? I wonder if they're
1: random. No, I counted wrong as 12. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to have to buy two packs of these just to check them out. Um, it's just a lot of marketing there for some picks. And none of it mentions, like, the patterns are really cool. Because that's what I'm seeing. Right. That's the reason I want to buy them, because the patterns look really cool. Like, what's your... Is there any, like, element to the picks you use that are kind of snake oily and like, just marketing terms? I don't know. Probably. Good answer, Steve. That's really going to carry this show along. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, I got my picks for free from Nam. <laughs> Literally, uh, <laughs> Steve really knows how to get, keep the show moving. I, I, uh, I
0: just, I'm sure they do. Like, I'm sure V picks and Gravity picks both
1: have. I know. I'm asking if there's a, a quality to them that that you're like, yeah, this is why I use these. But maybe other people would be like, ah, oh, that sounds just like marketing to me. Because I've basically used the, the same kind of pick my entire life. I just use right basically a fender heavy and now i've been using those printed ones we had made for us that are like the dunlop style but it's like the same weight as like a fender heavy just with the tortex material like i've never been like oh i gotta try all these other picks
0: um yeah no i i the picks i have are just thick and they feel good in my hand Mm -hmm. and um do they feel like a different gauge of pick I mean, they're very thick. Oh, they, I don't know what gauge they are, but they f- definitely
1: feel like the gauge that I think they're supposed to be. Mm, interesting. <laughs> Should we move on to the next ad? Oh, sponsors. Let's do sponsors. Let's talk about our sponsors. Yeah. Who's our first sponsor, Steve? This week's episode is sponsored by Gun Street Wiring Shop. Oh, cool. Um, Ryan has some of their stuff, and I have some of their stuff. So my plans got put on hold to modify my Telecaster because I flooded my house. So I don't have a working space in my garage to actually work on the Telecaster. But when I do, I'm going to... Put a third humbucker in my telecaster and I'm going to get a Gunstreet wiring a third harness.
0: Hum- is it pool routed?
1: No, but I'm going to route it. Don't oh, worry. Geez. I'm going to modify this thing. I'm going to do a triple humbucker telecaster and Street is going to make a harness for me. This is what you get for sponsoring us, Sean. <laughs> but I want to put. Uh, you hear that maniacal laugh? I want to have wiring in there for there to be a coil split on each humbucker. Ooh. So I don't know how that's going to go yet. You're going to probably just end up with a bunch of. Sw- Push pulls and switches. Because originally I was thinking like, oh, I'm going to need a push pull for every single pickup. But then I realized that Harley Benton Fusion I got has one switch to coil split both humbuckers.
0: Hmm. So
1: maybe like one, I don't know if he can do it so that one push pull splits all the pickups or if it's limited to doing two per switch. Right. So then I could make two knobs that have a push pull. And say, like, one knob put uh, coil splits the neck and the bridge, and the other knob splits the middle. Something like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, a
1: lot of options there. There's a lot um, of options. I'm looking forward to doing it, and I'm looking forward to my house not being wrecked anymore. Continue with your copy that you were going to say about Gun Street, Steve. Um, I totally lost it. <laughs> Gustry Wiring Harnesses, they make all sorts of great harnesses. Go check them out. Yeah. Uh, they can custom make stuff for you if uh, it's not already on their list of uh, pre-designed wiring harnesses.
0: Yeah, this episode is also brought to you by Sinusoid. Uh, do you know Sinusoid makes like basically
1: the smallest soldered patch cable that you can buy? They sure do, and I've been using those like crazy for all my demos yeah. just because they, like, they kind of disappear visually.
0: They really do. They're, first of all, they're yeah. called the sliver. They're really um, small. And there's a picture that it was floating around that's just crazy. Really sh- and
1: the, the parts that you can not see look really stylish.
0: It's like a sliver 90-degree angle jack sitting next to, I don't know if it's a Noitric or an Amphenol or what, but, I
1: mean, the size difference is staggering. It's just this tiny little head, so small there. You can't even see it on the camera right now. And then the cable itself is, is pretty beefy. Like these things feel substantial. They don't feel wimpy. They don't feel like a little wire that's tiny and is going to break over time. They feel like a beefy, soldered cable, but the heads on them are just so compact. Yeah. Pretty Do, great. If you want a small cable,
0: the smallest soldered patch cable you can get, uh, head on over to sinusoid.com.
1: They make cables. And smiles.
0: And last but not least, this episode is brought to you by Walrus Audio. They just released the DEF CON 4.
1: I'm holding it here in my hand Ryan, behind the
0: logo that
1: Ryan, I'm superimposing for the video.
0: Ryan, not Burke. Ryan Adams signature pedal. A different Ryan. Um, what does this thing do? It's a it's rotary knob. It's a boost. It's an EQ. It's a preamp. And it's a preamp that's actually my favorite youtube comment is like some channels are calling it a boost some channels are calling it eq some channels are calling it a preamp so like why can't you guys decide what it is because it's all three things yeah and if you go on their website it literally says it's all three things um it's a really cool pedal it looks great it's got a very 80s uh looking graphic i mean buy
1: it for the looks keep it for the tone (laughs) there you go it actually does sound really nice uh it's, it feels weird to say it, but there have been boosts that yes. I've had in my life uh-huh. that feel like much more than just a boost. Right. Like they have a character all their own. Is this one of them? This is one of them. It it, it adds a little something extra in there, and I can't really define what it is, but it just – makes you is it like a make it better box i don't right. know i don't know how to describe it, it like would you i feel like my a, i feel like my my dod would bifet you call it boost a more like, gooder pedal it's a more gooder pedal i'd say it's a buy or a buy 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 all right there well there you have it it's not a buy buy
0: head on over to walrus to learn more about that thing
1: obviously it's a buy for people who love ryan adams as well you got to collect the whole set of whatever yeah, he you got the vcr
0: made. you got this doesn't he have some other
1: pedal uh no everyone's just waiting for the uh benson amp to hit the market <laughs> yeah he does use a benson 70 all right so the next ad was sent to us by paul pennington paul pennington <laughs> this is
0: a fender custom forecaster tenor guitar for sale mint condition plays very well one of a kind uh, there is no actual description of this, so I guess we're just gonna have to talk about it. Oh, this is far more custom than I thought. It's very custom. Uh, so this is a I'm forecaster. I'm finding it for some reason. Uh, it's under tenor tenor guitar, um, tenor conversion. It's there. Still, it is it's the ones that. It's the pictures. only one that's not previewed. On so my um, here. I don't. I don't know what to say. It's a Fender. It says. Are you familiar graphic, with
1: tenor guitars at all?
0: I've never played one, but you know, a tenor guitar is just an electric guitar that has only the high four strings. It could be right? acoustic too. Right.
1: In fact, traditionally, they
0: there were more typically acoustic. I've actually
1: only for most of guitar history, they've only been acoustic. Right. But let's be honest. Acoustic sucks. Electrics, where is that? I think this – the only reason I picked this out is because I think it's a really fun conversion of that neck. They took a fender neck Uh and they carved down the sides and they did a good job of it. They filled up the holes on the head, sucked the extra two holes. Yeah. And they made a little block to hold it into the the neck block of the body. Yeah. They even went so far to make custom uh, pickups. Yeah, there are four-pole pickups. Yeah. Uh, a that fill the spot of a, of a six-pole pickup.
0: A four-pole or a four-saddle bridge. Is this, this body
1: is, a, a mini-strap? Because I, I, it's only got the two knobs. Does
0: a mini-strap only have two Yeah, and two look knobs? how
1: big the jack is on that body. That is a mini miniature strap body. Okay, I, if you say so, I, I have no reference on that. Honestly, I'm just saying the body is smaller than a normal strap body. Look Excuse how big me. the jack is. It's easy to tell. Use your eyes, Steve. My eyes are tired. <laughs> I want to play this guitar. It looks really sharp, and the modifications done were done very well. $300? Do you think that's a fair price? Oh, yeah. For $300, if I was shopping for an electric tenor, or if I had even been thinking about it casually, it would be easy for me to be like, yeah, I got to go get this. The only thing they could have done a little bit better or different is get the four staddle. With bridge that they sell for like cigar box guitars now. Oh, okay. Because they they just have a modified six saddle in there with what looks like tape over where the screws are or something over those. I can't tell what's going on there with a bridge. But they could have blocked off the holes the same way they did with the neck and dropped in one of those four position. Yeah, it's hard to tell what's going on with the bridge. It looks like something's installed on either side of the saddles to hold them in place uh, side by side because you do want something like holding most of your saddles like uh your the the high e oftentimes suffers by not having something on the this far side of uh, it okay. to keep it from rattling so maybe they were trying to solve that issue i don't know
0: I, you know it's something because it's a direct overhead shot it's just hard to tell um
1: exactly what's happening there yeah, but for three hundred bucks, if I, you go and like try it out and play it, and it checks out, I think this is a totally fine price. I, what, do you, what does Eastwood charge for their East for their tenor um, guitars? Uh, are you looking it up? I'll do it. Okay, Eastwood it tenor.
0: Eastwood tenor guitars. It's a race. I'm not looking it up. You said you were doing it. Five twenty nine for the Warren Ellis signature. What about do they have any other ones? They have some other ones?
1: Uh they have a Tender semi-hollow for six hundred. Okay. So for three hundred bucks, you're getting a fender aesthetic here. Yeah. That looks like a really fun modification for sure. Uh next topic. Yeah, this next topic was also sent by uh Kane. What did he send? Oh he Uh, had the snark. snark He also sent the snark picks. It's It's a double cane.
0: He says, how about doing demos for, pe- uh, for pedals from smaller pedal builders? There's a lot of pedal builders on Reverb with no demos. Y'all would be doing both communities a solid. Um,
1: in a sense, yes. Mm-hmm. I, wish it, um, I wish it worked that way. Um, I mean, people already discussed on the, on the post, like, the realities of people getting paid. Yeah. And I I did a video a while back discussing the realities of like the demo industry. And I know this is going to be a Ryan heavy topic where I talk well, about. Well,
0: it's kind of interesting. I, I have I mean, I don't have like a huge perspective. I tend to like I think bend bend the rules a little bit in terms of like if I get hit up with someone who's saying like, "Oh, can you do this?" So, for example, like the music area cases. Right. Um or like the F zone ukulele, like uh the F zone ukulele was actually like a, a counter. I paid a dollar for that. <laughs> um but uh you know so those were instances where um I would say like those are instances where the product is fairly minimal involvement. Sure. So I think some of it so okay, so well, for,
1: I, for for a while I had two different tiers of demos right. that would offer. I had that gas and go format and then I had the regular format. Yeah. And the problem that I ran into is that if I was doing a demo for someone who sent me something, like if they didn't pay, it was gonna be gas and go. And if they did pay, it would be right. the regular format. I found myself putting the exact amount of work in. Right. With the gas and goes it was like, Oh, someone sent this to me, I need to do like the best job I can with it, yeah. even though it's a different format. And so I had to end that because I was losing days of work to something I wasn't getting paid for. Right. Um, so it's easy to be like, oh, just don't do as much work. But then, like, you do the work that you do because you're trying to represent the quality of work that you can do.
0: And I think there's also a level of, you know, demo versus review. So I think, yeah, products that that I tend to push you a little more on and be like hey we can do this like we can do it fast and dirty again like a ukulele is something where it's more of like you don't really demo a ukulele you just play it and if it makes a sound you say oh I played this thing and it sounds it either sounds you know heavier than your typical ukulele or it sounds thin, like all like most ukuleles. Yeah, you know?
1: ukuleles are kind of supposed to sound like a I'm bringing
0: this up because I think we're supposed we may be getting some more ukuleles. More ukuleles, soon. Steve. Okay, uh,
1: I mean, but there's a like that format of video, and it's hard to describe the different, like, like explain what the difference is. Right. But there's a style of video I do that I can bust out in two hours, and I'm left with six hours in my day to do my other work that yeah. makes money for me to support my family. Uh, and if I have a day where I don't have anything to do, I can make like three videos in a day right. versus a, a paid demo like I do for Walrus. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, there's no secret there uh, where I'll literally throw two days at it, right? like two days of working at it. And so, I mean, that, that's really the problem there is like if a pedal builder hits me up and like, hey, do a demo of my product – I know that I could spend anywhere from 1 to 2 full days working on it and it like that commands like me charging money for it just because of the time cost of it but I would love to have a format of video or some way of doing it where a small builders can hit me up and like look I don't have a budget for your full demo but right. do what you can. I thought about turning the the pedal boarding videos into that be like hey I'm not going to demo the full thing but if you send me something I'll throw it on this board it'll be on one setting the whole time but it'll be incorporated in this and, video. And I
0: think from a test standpoint um well so so I you know from a couple different angles is one is is what's you know we have we have to ask a question on that too of of what's the popularity of of the pedal and so that's something that's always honestly it's a little bit of a driver uh when we got the new x stuff the new yeah. stuff originally we got all that stuff and I was like dude just do a pedal boarding video like it'll be fine and and you actually went kind of above and beyond on that because you it seemed like at least for the uh Yeah I
1: I saw the at least
0: for the Solid Studio and for the Atlantic they're both like really fun yeah. Pedals to mess around with. But originally like I was just like, yeah, dude, just do a pedal boarding
1: video and we'll talk about it on the show. Well that was part of the problem too. It's like I got those pedals and I was like these pedals warrant a full demo slash review, whatever right. you want to call it, because I think there's a lot to unpack here and I think people are curious about these. But then that's the flip side of it is is um
0: you know it's a lot of times small builders don't have much of a following it
1: and, but it's, it's also like a thing where they just sent them to us and there wasn't ever like an agreement of true. like, Hey, you're going to, Hey, demo these for us. They sent them to us with a note of like, do something or don't do something with them. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I think we
0: did the, we did the video just on the podcast because we messed around with all of those on the podcast yeah. and I, th- I got the impression from them that they were just pretty stoked on just that by itself.
1: Yeah. So maybe that's uh, what I should offer because I do need to rework like our marketing information for pedal stuff soon. Right. And for sponsorship stuff. Maybe I should put a thing like if you're a small builder and you want to have something reviewed, we'll call it a review instead of a demo then send it to us and there's no schedule involved. We can't promise when it's going to come out. Right. Um, man, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. It's tough. It's really tough, guys. It's a lot of work to well, do and, this And stuff. there's
0: some hardness there
1: too um, to kind of figure out just in terms of – It would be different if we were just starting this out and we were hungry for gear and like excited about like, oh, I, I, I could get – Gear for free, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm dying under a pile of stuff here now, right? It's not like, oh boy, an overdrive, I've never been given an overdrive before, right? And, and well,
0: and some of that is a lot of times with small builders, they might only have like you know 20 boxes or whatever. So, even sending something out, I, yeah, I get that. Sending something out where on our end, we would say, like, well, if we're going to do like even a minimal amount of work, then we want to keep it. Like they may not even have the like the overhead for that yeah. to say like well, I can't afford back. I can't afford to lose a unit and again like it goes back to the driver and like so we, we kind of talked about this before like if if boss was doing a, a product launch and they said hey we want you guys to do do some work for us like we probably wouldn't even discuss money because a product launch for boss we're you know
1: their audience is a billion times bigger than
0: ours yeah to, to, to just kind of like throw out some rough numbers I would Probably guess that a product launch for Boss would like the first video would probably do twenty to thirty thousand views easy, Oh, easy, which would convert to probably a, another at least five hundred subscribers, right? Which converts to you know two or three, these, that's, two or three new
1: uh, Patreon people for you. So that's so then probably it pays never, off in the long run. But that's probably never gonna. Well, the way it pays off is if it gets us uh, a ton of new subscribers. Then our bigger amount of subscribers warrants and it makes us more attractive to people who do pay us for demos. Right. Um, I mean, this is all very shrewd, like, capitalistic stuff here, guys. But the reality is that, like, time is money. And I've got mouths to feed over yeah. here. Um, and so it's hard because, you know,
0: the small, the small pedal builder typically probably doesn't have much of a budget for marketing, if any right um there's not a ton of incentive there because unless they manage to build up a lot of hype um, you know we've we've done pedal we've like we've put out videos before in the past with companies that even when there was like some amount of hype about the product um, they didn't they i wouldn't say they chose maybe they chose, but like our video wasn't marketed and this was when we were a lot smaller like sure. the video wasn't particularly marketed. Uh, on their end, we marketed it to you know try to put it in as many uh, hands as we could. Yeah. And the video, you know, instead of getting uh, a comparative like you know, thousand, two thousand, three thousand views, it only got like five hundred views because nobody promoted it, and there and there just wasn't like right there just wasn't the push. Whereas you know something where there's where there's like I don't know it, it's like. Like you said, it feels weird to talk about the numbers, but
1: the numbers are are a reality. I mean, nothing nothing is actually can actually be free. If we do something for free monetarily wise, it's because we think there's going to be a trade-off in a different direction. yeah, as far as just getting uh, a significant amount of exposure for the work. Or some other kind of return for the work, whether it be a relationship with well, a company, or and something. and even
0: like that exposure, it's it has to be, um, you know, the the, the cl- right kind, the of cl- cl- exactly because the classic, you know, the classic running people joke die is, from exposure. All is the that time. people people die from exposure? <laughs> um, or you know, they don't uh, take exposure as payment at the grocery store. You know, um, Philippe from Caroline uh wrote something the other day about how like he has he would have guys in his town who would hit him up and be like, Hey man, I played like thirty shows in the last six months. Can I get one of your pedals? And they're like and he's like, um where were all those shows at? Oh, this place and, and there were like thir- you know, thirty shows at like six different venues in, in the same town. Right. It's like you're not you're not gonna promote this to anybody. Yeah. So, you know, it's, oh man, no, I'm an influencer. I have like 500 followers on Instagram. Like, okay. Like, you know, so there, there is that trade off there of, of, well, if I'm going to, if, you know, is this a company that can legitimately, um, you know, get a like exposure that can, that, like you said, that can convert to something right that like actually means something. You know, versus.
1: Uh, I mean, it all sounds very shrewd. It makes it sound like, like big business boys. You should see our spreadsheets. Oh, I didn't update the spreadsheets. <laughs> you should see our spreadsheets. <laughs> the thing that bums me out about it is that it like kind of like flies in the face of, the, of, of the how punk, we started the punk rock kid inside of me. Right. because it like, ah, it's all just corporate culture, this and that and company, blah, blah, blah. It, cause it's like, I wish that I could do this work for free for the little guys and then charge the big guys tons and tons of money to make it worthwhile. And it sucks that it's kind of flipped. Yeah. We're like, if a big company came to me and said hey we're going to send you a product uh here's the launch date and you get to be part of the launch I'd be like yeah just send it to me and I wouldn't even discuss it mm-hmm. um, where a little guy it's like because I have the audience and they want access to that audience then I have to charge them right where I'm not going to get anything else out of that exchange doing work for free for them like, if I do work for for even just for the, if I do work for the product Yeah. For a bigger company, I mean and when I say big, I mean really big. Um then I'm getting legitimate exposure to their audience that is much bigger than our audience. Right. And that's just it it bugs me on a punk rock level. It's kind of like this weird
0: Shark Tank thing, you know, where uh you know well, okay, so the first thing I, I I guess the real thing I would I would kind of like to caveat all of this. Sure. If you're starting it's a, a smeared business, if game. you're s- starting a, a small company, or you have something going, and like you want some work, like legitimately, like okay, don't don't leave a comment on Instagram. Don't try to slip into our DMs. Email us. Just write a proper email. Why? Because I answer the emails. So one, you're much more much more likely to like at least gets because if I read it, then we'll talk about like Ryan and I will talk about it. Right. Two, like um. You know, do some work and and this is like kind of where that weird Shark Tanky thing is. I guess I've never asked this, but like on Shark Tank, when when people go on there and they are like, Oh, I've got this great idea, da 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 da. da. The thing that like the the shark the sharks always ask is like, Well, how many have you sold since you've started doing this? Oh, you started doing this five years ago and you've sold like a hundred, so you've sold like twenty a year for the last five years, like and you know, I'm not gonna ask those kinds of numbers, but we you know if if we punch into punch into Instagram and a company and a company comes to us and we punch into their like Instagram and they have like three pictures up, but their account's been running for like a year, and you know there's just it looks like there's no effort on their, their end. It just, it's, there's no incentive for us. Sure. Even because it like, how are we supposed to get excited about a new product if it doesn't even seem like the people who are building it are excited about it? Yeah. You know? So there are a lot of different angles there, but I would say the first thing is like, is reach out to us. We, we can't be everywhere it's hard. Like I don't really follow leads up when someone's like, "Oh, I saw this pedal on on you know like like Kane said to initially he's like, I see all these small builder pedals on on YouTube or on Reverb, but there's no videos. Like I don't know if I should support these guys because I don't know what their pedal sounds like. Right. Well, neither do we. Like there's no way for us to find those unless we're looking for it specifically. It just all kind of comes back to. um figuring out like how to make that connection and it does kind of have to be direct and that's kind of honestly from from the audience standpoint that's where we kind of sometimes rely on you guys if you have a if you find a product that you think you're interested in but there's no demo work on it like hit up the builder and say hey I know these this mm. these guys that you know do a show and they do a lot of work you know you should hit them up our prices are still pretty freaking reasonable all yeah. things considered. Because for most companies out there and for most pedals, we're really only looking at like three or I four. To, if, I,
1: if I took the time that I spent on a demo and applied that to shooting wedding videography, I'd be making so much more money. Oh, yeah. Like way more, more, way, 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 way more money. Than doing pedal demos. You sound really sad right now. I feel like I should be shooting wedding demos, or wedding videos, right now, instead of doing this podcast. <laughs> Thinking about that money, I don't like to shoot weddings. So it's so awful. Oh, Some people man. love it. I don't like working weddings. I give me a funeral. I'll shoot a funeral. Oh my gosh! Like how do you like week. those?
0: Uh, how do you like the Hyatt conferences?
1: Those are easy. Um, and, those are easy money. Oh, yeah. Like, do it. Because like sometimes just, I'll, I'll do video for these, like, conventions that roll into town. And you stand in the back, the camera on a tripod, and you just follow the person talking. It's so easy, it's boring to death. <laughs> and you get catering. So, I guess weddings wait. are like that, too. But you don't have to dress up really nice. And right. you don't, like, have to catch people in their most beautiful, emotional moment. You're watching people do PowerPoint presentations for, like, eight hours. And yeah. get paid decent for it.
0: Yeah. Alright, so full circle. Here we go. If there's a if there's a product that you're interested in, you know what really here's the way to do it. If there's a product that you're interested in and a demo doesn't exist, f- contact the builder. Or if they just have an email address that you know. Of, Send them an email and CC us
1: on it so we know, hey, our listeners are, are yeah. interested in this. Introduce us. If you know someone who – like a friend of yours makes stuff, like introduce us. Yeah. Uh, we've, because we've, because we're ta- It sounds like we're talking big talk, but like we're, we're regular people. You guys know us from the Facebook group and everything like that. We'll get creative with people if if they want to get creative with us and we'll figure something out.
0: Yeah, know? And it, I would say like too if you're a builder and like things haven't worked out in the past, like it could just be timing – Ryan has bad days. I have bad days. We're both, honestly, like, if for both of our personal lives, if either of us said, Hey, we should just not do the podcast for like the next month, I we could it, it's just one thing on top of your house burning down and not burning down, <laughs> flooding down. Like, our both of our personal lives are very chaotic right now. Yeah. Um, but you know, a, a lot of times, like, we do things because. We've got to keep maybe the I should get got into, to keep the fan base maybe happy. Maybe they should
1: get into paid Instagram marketing. I know that's something other I don't think we're big enough for Other that. people have done.
0: You need like 100,000 But it's
1: like I mean, we got almost 12. We've got an audience on there like like do like a, have a really low budget option for new builders where we just do Just a, do a 1 minute. We just do No, it's not even a video. We just do a photo post and like, "Hey, you guys should go check these dudes out." Well, and also Instagram would give you the option of
0: doing like a less than we don't one even minute have to like, have quick the, and dirty. We
1: don't even have to have the product. We can just be like, oh, hey, yeah. hey, today's Instagram posts are sponsored by this company. Go check them out. That would be cool. I mean, I be a, just I mean, thinking about ways know. to make our audience accessible to people who have smaller budgets. Now we know. sound really conceited. I know. I don't uh-huh. mean to sound so big business. I don't. I don't feel that way about us. Or myself, I feel like this is still, a, it's like it's, we're doing really exciting stuff. And like you compare this to like year one of the podcast yeah. or even year two. And it's just like, it's incredible, but it's like, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of hard work.
0: It's, you know, the funny thing is like, i in this m- current moment of talking about this, it's like kind of the realization of like when it's, this is like the opposite of NAM cuz right now you're like oh business i don't really want to talk about it but like at nam you're just oh, like hustle. you just hustle the whole time
1: and i'm just like wait when is uh when's when's gear slum opening the drink cart <laughs> yeah well it's because i got to make it worth it to me because i'm away from my family for 5 days or uh, whatever for now yeah
0: i was making it worth it to me too with
1: like right. 90 dollars in free drinks yeah yeah All right, let's get into the last ad and get out of here. Oh, you know what I didn't do? do, Let's not do an hour and a half of of content this week. Uh, Real quick,
0: housekeeping Housekeeping. uh, at the Best Friends level. That's the $5 level, Patrick Camp. Uh, Thank you so much. I know I am behind on merch uh, and whatnot. Some people I'm still waiting to hear back from, uh, but
1: I should be getting those out. I've been thinking about getting so, some five year anniversary patches or stickers ooh, made or something like that for the cool. inner circle. Uh,
0: my goal is to be completely caught up by the end of the month. That's uh, a good
1: goal, Steve. Which is,
0: you know, for a one man op that is right now kind of only working.
1: Also thinking about making some modern, modern day t shirts for the third for the, shop. That'd be cool. October's coming out quick. What's we, the date on that? Do we do I don't you know. Remember? October 17th? Something, something like, like that.
0: that. Uh, anyway, if you want to support us, head to patreon.com slash 60cyclehum. i not even going to advertise the pod me anymore because I don't like it. Um, yeah. It's just too messy. Um, and uh, at the $1 level, we're like, hey, awesome. $1. If everyone support us at $1, we'd be pretty friggin' Oof. stoked about it. Uh, at the $5 level, you get a merch pack. At a $10 level, you get a merch pack. And, um, uh, access to the and an extra sticker and access to the inner circle, which is our behind the scenes Facebook group. It's a secret group. No one knows about it. No yes. big deal. Well, I mean, people know it exists. We just, talk, the people we just told I'll kill them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This last ad was sent <laughs> in by Steven Reynolds. This is a Squire 51 loaded body nitro lacquer, uh, says, this listing is for the loaded body, which includes two GFS gold foils, two Mojotone 500K pots, switchcraft input jack, Oak Grigsby 3 weight switch, a Mojotone 22 gouage, gouage wire, upgraded saddles. Oh, you mean um, gauge wire? It says gouage. Gouage? Uh, I'm willing to sell without any of the hardware pickups mentioned above, so just mention it in your offer. Um the finish is close to a Lake Placid slash pollen blue. It's nitro lacquer finished over the original sunburst. So it'll look very cool when it ages. There are a couple of paint blemishes, which are in the last pick. Nothing crazy or noticeable. A couple of chips also pictured, but nothing big.
1: I feel like this adds a little bit confusing and would be a little bit of a letdown to anyone viewing it seriously, like, oh I want to buy that. Because, because the because neck is on you there? see the neck in the photos. Yeah. And it's listed at one ninety eight, I mean two hundred bucks. You're like a $200 guitar that looks amazing. That's fantastic. Uh, then you find out that it's just the body. It's not the neck. That's a little bit of a letdown, but I feel like this is the best and coolest modded 51 I've ever seen. That's fair. How do you feel about it? I really like the way I love this color blue. I love the switch position.
0: Is that weird? No, it's like a Les Pauly kind of well. So it's a Fender <laughs> except it's a three way. It's
1: a Fender like slide switch. Yeah, like a Strat switch, but mm-hmm. it's up on the upper horn, which means they had to route it that out, right? There's no, not an originally a route up there. I don't. I mean, there was never a switch up there. There was there wasn't a switch out there because originally the fifty one, the switch is one is of the knobs. The one of the knobs. Yeah.
0: There's also a switch on the bottom horn, and it yeah. doesn't really say anything about I it. I mean, it's
1: either got to be an out of phase or a, uh, or a coil split. But yeah. he doesn't say anything about it. You're right. Um, it, it looks great. What do you think about the price? For 200 bucks, the amount of work and parts is there. But it's a hard sale. Yeah. Because you've got to be looking for this exactly. And you're going to have after you get this, you know. Um, and he does oh. say you can just buy the body without the loadout. So he'll charge you a price for the repainted body. Which I wonder what that would be. It looks like a good paint job.
0: Yeah, no. It I, looks smooth and glossy. He says there's like some blemishes in the last picture,
1: but I don't. I didn't post those pictures. Oh, you uh, didn't post the, that one. There are, there's a, a a ding on the back edge. Oh, on the back? Who cares? Yeah. It's on the back. Well, it's on the back edge. The edge, Steve. Still can't. Are, no like, one's gonna see. No one's gonna see. It. It. No one's gonna see it. All
0: right. Um. Yeah. I. I kind of look at it from the perspective of once you hunt down a, a decent neck, you're gonna be out another hundred bucks. I mean, you've got it. How much are these bodies
1: unmodified?
0: They can't be more than like
1: a hundred bucks, can they? You got a hundred dollar body. You've got at least sixty dollars worth of pickups in there. I guess. And you've got a bunch of other modifications. And you've got a refin that looks decent. And refins can cost like 250 bucks. Yeah. I, I, I hate to say it, but I feel like there's the values here. And we don't usually say that for things that are heavily modified. But well, if I was shopping for a 51 body that wasn't stock, th- this would grab my attention pretty I hard. I think, you know, because somebody brought that up today.
0: You know that mods don't add value, but as well, I think, once you get into refinished territory, especially for something that had very limited finish options to begin with, right? Um
1: And it's a it starts kind of like graying. It's a cool freaking look. Yeah, it's just the body, but you, it's a fender. You could put any fender neck you want in there, mm-hmm. and how you could throw you could throw a Mexican Strat neck in there. I know that's a telly heel, so you could throw a Tele... Should,
0: you should throw a Tele
1: neck on it. Throw a Tele neck in there. That's
0: what it, this was supposed to have on it.
1: That would be like $120 Mexican Tele neck, and you've got a really freaking slick-looking guitar yeah. for 330 bucks that no one else has. Yep. I'm not a big fan of Lake Placid Blue, but I, this thing does it. It has the look. Yeah, I know. It looks really nice. Maybe this is the first modded guitar we've seen that's like, yeah, this, that's the right price. I don't think I would, ever, I would. I don't think more than this is correct. I think this guy priced it correctly. Okay. Because okay. if this was like two fifty without a neck, I'd be like, eh, I don't know. Right. And then that would push me negative, and I'd be like, uh, I wouldn't pay more than one twenty five, and that would be stupid. That would be stupid. I mean, it's, it's what it's what we say about these things. It's like you've got to find someone who wants this combination of modifications, right? But this combination of modifications is attractive enough that I think it's going to hit a good audience. Everything
0: I wouldn't say everything's high end. GFS pickups aren't high end per se, but you know they're they're an okay option for this type of guitar. And every, sure. Everything else. And the guy this, says
1: you can like talk to him about like excluding certain things. So you could maybe be like, I don't want the pickups. I just want the body and the and the pickguard. Yeah. And the controls. Yeah. And then figure out, like, if he can knock 50 bucks off or something And that's – I
0: guess that's, like, the weird thing because if this didn't come with pickups but it came with everything else, like, I'd be like, oh, yeah, 150
1: maybe. Yeah. It just feels like the right price for what this is. I don't have any problems with it. All right. Let's get out of here. Uh, This song was sent to
0: us by James Zapp. He says – a little bit about me. I'm a singer-songwriter based out of Connecticut. I enjoy to write pop-slash-folk tunes. I've played all over the country and the world, opening for acts such as George Thurgood, Constantine Maroulis, uh, Corey Henry, and the Funk Apostles, and the Funky Dogs Brass Band. That's a lot of funk. How my music fits with any of these artists, I have no idea, but their check's cleared after the gig, so it's all fine with me. As
1: long as the check clears. Right, guys? Um, so the song we're going to play is called The Other Half.
0: He says this is a... Folky pop tunes similar to the Lumineers. Both songs were, or, well, he sent two songs, but we're going to play that one called The Other Half. Recorded on a Focusrite Claret and a PreSonus 1818 VSL. Uh, thanks for sending these songs in, James. Goodbye, everybody else. <laughs> Later.
1: Give a night and I'll be running Across hellish waters, across high royal lands If you need time, I won't be a bother Cause love is kind and love is patient I'll be kind of patient to be your man I've found things in this world From Berlin to Baton Rouge But never in this world will I find another you